0: Welcome to another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Allen. Those of you who listen to this program on a regular basis are aware that we talk to people who have various illnesses or disease, many of them life-threatening. Some people defy the use of conventional treatment and opt for cannabis oil, while others use a combination of both. Our guest today joins us from San Francisco, California. His name is Eric. He doesn't want us to use his last name, so we'll respect that. He was diagnosed with anal cancer, and he joins us today to tell his story. Eric, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, You're more than
1: welcome. My pleasure.
0: Give us an overview of some of the health issues you've been facing over the last number of years.
1: My issues are... Um, I'm HIV positive for the last 28 years. I had anal cancer. I was diagnosed with hepatitis B. Um, I've got a seizure disorder. Uh, <clears throat> I've got high cholesterol. <laughs> and... Um, I've got uh, peripheral neuropathy uh, in my feet um, due to the number of medication and the chemo and the radiation I took in the past. Um, I've got um, AKI, so it's an acute kidney injury that was due to 2,000 to a very powerful chemo that, that I had for non hodgkin lymphoma. And um, that's about it, you know. I think that's enough. I I think that's enough, too.
0: Is there anything that is working very well for you physically? (laughs) (laughs) Tell me when you were diagnosed with anal cancer.
1: I was diagnosed in 2013. um, uh, During a checkup, uh, my doctor did a prostate exam and felt like a bump uh, in my anus just on on the side. And he said, well, let's go have that checked. So I went to the hospital and uh, the doctor looked at it and said, we need to take biopsy of that because... We don't know exactly, you know, the status of it uh, or anything. And at the time, it was the size of a pea, basically. So um, at the time, I didn't have health insurance. So um, it took two months to get the appointment to get to the doctor, and it took two more months to get to the biopsy. So by the time I got to the biopsy, the tumor had grown to about the size of um, chickpea. And they took four biopsies. And out of the four, one was positive. So now they they got back to my doctor and they told me, well, we need to take care of that. But the problem here. Still, I didn't have health insurance. So between the moment I got diagnosed with anal cancer and make a plan for treatment and get the the party going, basically, it took me no few months. And and what happened, the minute that you start fooling around with a tumor, it gets defensive. And it started growing faster and faster and faster. By the time I got to this, not a the surgeon, then I got to the um, oncologist, the tumor was the size of my tongue, basically. And I was lucky enough that the tumor was just on, on the edge so they could pull it out you know, and they could see it without going into surgery or anything. At that point, that's when they they started to decide on a treatment.
0: So, Eric, what sort of treatment did you undertake?
1: What they prescribed me was two sessions of chemo. Um, That was a drip for uh, four days, twice. Um, And what they do, they they connect you with a pump that you you go home with, and you get a drip of chemo for for 48 hours. After 48 hours, you go back to the hospital, you put a refill, and you're good for another 48 hours. After the first um, chemo, I started um, a session of uh, 30 uh, radiation. They prescribed 30 radiation. The radiation... Uh, we're doing at UCSF here in San Francisco, and um, it it takes about five minutes. It's it like nothing happened. You're just you know, they they do um, a mapping first, where they're going to pinpoint the tumor, but what they don't tell you, like they say yeah, we're going to pinpoint only the tumor but it doesn't work that way the radiation goes all the way through your body and about six inch around the, the tumor so what happened I've, the first week it's nothing really happened, but after that just imagine that you you have white skin and you go to the sun uh, in the desert and you stand there for days and your skin become crisp and start falling off. You become you have no more skin. It's like to the flesh basically. So in between my legs, I have no more skin. So the the nurse at the hospital used to give me a special cream to promote. Skin um, um, growth and all that, but it, even with that, it was like I couldn't, I couldn't walk, I couldn't wear clothes, uh, and that was after one third of my prescription. I still had to go through twenty more radiation. So the, the nurse was. I'm telling you, the nurse were the backbone of my treatment. And without them, I wouldn't have done it. And they just kept, come on, Eric, you have to do it, you have to do it. And at that point, I was starting to, to get depressed. So that's when I contacted Corey you know, uh, for the first time because I, I heard about cannabis oil, but I never really looked into it. But I had so much time in my hand with the the computer, I started to look into it. And um, Corey told me, Rick Rick Simpson, look at this, and do research. I I just put the word Rick Simpson oil, and I just went from there and from there. And I asked Corey to point me in the right direction, basically. And I looked into it, and, and I didn't know how to... To go about it, how to buy it or to make it or anything. I knew in San Francisco we had few dispensaries. Um, so I asked my oncologist, I said, can I have a prescription for medical uh, marijuana? And she gave me one. So I went there and they were very helpful, actually. They, they had two kinds of oil, one with, a, with a high THC and one with a high uh, CDB, and they told, they told me, but if for cancer, get the one with the high CDB, and and they gave me the instruction how to use it. At at the beginning, I didn't want to take it internally. So me and my partner, what what we said, let's try something. At that point, I had to stop the radiation because I was so burnt, I couldn't take it anymore.
0: It was just too painful for you. It was just too painful, the radiation.
1: Oh, painful is not the word. Eric,
2: Eric, it sounds like torture. Honest to God, it sounds like out-and-out torture. I didn't
0: hear that call. She said it sounds like torture.
1: Oh, uh, it was. I mean, it's like take a blowtorch, you know, and, and just put it on your skin. That's basically how it feels. You know, you don't feel the radiation treatment. It doesn't feel anything, nothing, but it's after a while, it's a buildup, you know that that it really burns the tissue, and and what's happening? It doesn't only burn your skin; it burns the organ on the inside. The, the radiation goes all the way through your body, so wherever your tumor is, you know if you have, you know, your your bladder, your prostate, or whatever that's behind it gets burned also. So you end up with all kind of problems. Um, I, I couldn't go to the bathroom anymore. Um, it it was problem after problem. I told my radiologist, I said, I need to take a break. You know, I really cannot do this any longer. So we took a break for a week. And that's when me and my partner, we started uh, cannabis oil. I said, okay. And we kind of not follow the rules, make up something on our own. What we did is, since my tumor was on the outside, was visible, we were applying cannabis oil on the tumor directly. And we're putting a piece of plastic wrap over it. And I was sleeping with it all night long. And we did that from that point on until the end.
2: Eric, yes. were you using high THC?
1: The uh, high was the THC. Yes. Um, let's see. I would have to look it up. Uh, the stuff that makes you high. Yeah. It, it was. Well, could it be in the thirty percent? Something like that. Is it possible? It's possible or higher. Yeah, no, it wasn't a very high like the Rick Simpson oil. Um, They didn't have that at the time. Oh, yeah. Right. So Uh, it's
2: probably about thirty percent then, but it was the THC, correct?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. um, The THC was, I think, seventeen percent. It was very low, but the other one, the THC, was like eighty-five percent. You know, it was very, very, very high. Um, I didn't want it really to, to get high, and, and I, for what I read, and I learned that the, the, the CDB was the important part in the oil um, for, for my cancer. Anyway, so after doing that on a regular basis, I started the radiation again. So I did both treatment at the same time uh, without telling my radiologist and my uh, oncologist. I just did it on my own. And the radiologist was taking pictures of of my tumor on a regular basis to see how much it was shrinking. And it was shrinking pretty good. But near the end, he tells me, you know, Eric, I don't think we're going to be able to remove it completely. And after i think i did have get a 37 uh, session something like that of radiation so at my last appointment with him he said yeah there's still a pretty good size probably the size at that point of a small llama bean basically he said it's going to continue shrinking even after the treatment but uh, I don't think we'll be able to, to remove it completely. But we'll, we'll keep you know, checking and see if there's any option we can do. So, meanwhile, me uh, and my partner would continue the cannabis oil every day um, for another month and a half. And so I've got my appointment with the uh, radiologist. And, and during that time, uh, my partner's name is Peter. And he said, am I dreaming if it's getting smaller? And you know your body very well, so you, mm-hmm. you, know, you have a bump or something, you feel it, you, you, you know it. And I was touching at the tumor, I said, it is getting smaller. I was very hopeful and I was very happy actually. I, said, I could see some result, I said, wow. So we just continued doing the, the cannabis oil. So here comes my appointment with the uh, radiologist. They call my name, and I go in the room, and like usual, drop the pants down and go on the table. And he pulled the curtain and said, is that okay if my assistant come and check? Now she's studying, and she'd like to see. And he looked, and if you could have seen his face. His mouth was open. And said, "It's gone." I said, "I know it's
2: gone."
1: He <laughs> said, "I don't get it." I said, "What happened?" And um, I said, "Do you want me to tell you the truth?" I said, "Yeah." He said, "Well, I've been using cannabis oil for a few months on top of the treatment I got, and I'm still doing it." Uh, I didn't stop, and his assistant uh, look at it, and I said, yeah, wow, there's nothing there. And he looked, he had a picture on his phone, he showed his assistant, look, this is the tumor we started with. That was the size of my tongue, basically. And he said, and it's gone. And he said, you know, Eric, I'm glad you did, because I couldn't tell you to do it but I'm very happy you did and I'm happy to see the result of your cancer being completely gone and now it's been uh, two and a half years and I'm still cancer free I go to my checkup every six months everything is clean everything is fine and I have a tube of of oil, a syringe of oil in my fridge at all time, just in case.
0: Do you use the cannabis oil on a daily basis still?
1: No, I don't. I stopped uh, about two months after I saw him the last time, and um, I figured, well, it seems like under control. Let me stop, because i I take so much medication for my HIV and everything. I've got a big regiment of medication that I take, and it was some, another step I had to do. And I want to put that, that memory, you know, on the side, on the back burner. I mm-hmm. said, okay, it's, it's over now, so let's, let's quit. But um, I will always keep some oil and... You know, if there's ever anything that's done again, that'll be my first co- course of action for sure.
2: You know, Eric, if you could, it's really important to have some kind of maintenance dose to keep that at bay. Um, the equivalent of about a gram a month, so just a very tiny amount that you could take each night. I really encourage you to do that if it's at all possible.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry, Corey. I've got to heart. I'm. Uh, understanding your voice. No, uh,
0: what she said is it's very important to take a maintenance dose every, yeah. every night even if you can only take a gram a month. Okay. You want you want to make sure everything is maintained and under control.
1: Okay. That would be to basically just just take a small portion at night every night. Yes, just a small amount. Yeah, I can do that, definitely. Uh, Yeah, definitely. If you tell me, I'll I'll follow your advice, definitely.
0: Eric, did you notice any difference in some of the other problems, physical problems you had when you took the cannabis oil?
1: The seizure result, I didn't have a seizure since '95. So, um, so usually, you know, when you have a seizure disorder, you have that aura that comes before you get a seizure. And I used to have that and um, I don't have that anymore Um, because I kind of see when you have a seizure disorder for so many years and it's not epileptic, it's just a seizure disorder. So you kind of know how to deal with it when you feel one coming wherever i am i know i have to close my eyes i have to lay down on the floor and take some big breath and usually the aura uh, goes away since i took the uh, cannabis oil i do not get any aura whatsoever nothing so that's one thing the um the rest of it, the neuropathy is still the same and uh, one of my big problems is the cholesterol because with my HIV status I take some uh, some antiviral uh, medication that raise my cholesterol and since I'm undetectable for so many years um, it's kind of tricky to change my medication without um, uh, triggering my uh, viral load to go up. And I don't know if the cannabis oil can do something about it. I never really follow it um, with that. You know, I just basically use the cannabis oil to treat my cancer. That, that was my primary goal.
0: I just want to ask Corey a question here, Eric. When, yeah. when, Eric first contacted you. Do you remember that uh, conversation you had with him? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Because, I mean, it really hit close to home because that's what I had been faced with as well. Yeah. Very much so.
0: You were very lucky, Eric, in having a good oncologist who knew that you were taking cannabis oil. But, uh, pardon me, it was a radiologist, wasn't it? Your radiologist knew you were taking cannabis oil, but was supportive of you.
1: Yeah, at the end. He didn't know during my treatment. Yeah. Uh, I only told him at my last visit with the radiologist um, That's that he find out. Yeah. And, and he supported it. But at the time, for a reason, he couldn't tell me, go get some cannabis oil and do a cannabis treatment. No. Uh, He couldn't tell me that. But he was happy and I did it.
0: And they probably wouldn't tell you that either, because if he went for the cannabis oil and did not do the treatment, then uh, he would not get the money that was required for the treatment.
1: Well, that's it. (laughs) That's right. It's it's, It's all about Red they've been money and pharmaceutical,
0: you know? Eric, I have read that people with HIV who take cannabis oil, now this is some people, I and mean, this is just a general comment, but yeah. people who take cannabis oil on a regular basis with HIV find that it helps them and their HIV goes into remission if that is possible. Is that is that the incorrect term to use? I don't know if that's the correct term,
1: but
2: yeah, that's essentially what
0: happens. Yeah.
1: You become undetectable.
0: Yes. Uh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So have you ever thought of that?
1: Yeah. Uh, see I'm undetectable for many years with my uh, antiviral medication. The thing is, uh, the way HIV medication works is, I've been HIV positive for 28 years. So I've been through the whole regimen from the beginning with AZT and all uh, those bad drugs from the beginning all the way till today with with a new drug that are um, better. The problem with that is when you stop an HIV medication, you cannot get back to it because your body becomes immune to that medication. I don't know if you remember there was a period where doctors used to put patients on um, vacation. They used to stop the HIV medication for six months, try to get the viral load to go up and start them on a new medication to try to get them on detectable with that new medication. For some for some it did work and some it didn't but they realized that you cannot you can never go back to an old medication because that medication you you become uh, immune to it. it it doesn't work for it so in my case I get some genotype tests and all that and they know which medication works on me since I've been HIV for so long, I'm basically, one medication from the new one, basically, or the old one, I cannot go back to them. If I take start cannabis oil, I would still have to take my medication. That's my case here. Yeah. I cannot afford to stop my HIV medication. That means I would have to go back to my last resort, basically. And and usually I made an HIV medication is good for about three years, and and you you become immune to it slowly. So they switch you to another one. So I've got I've got one in reserve, and that's it. I've I've done them all. I'm a pretty complicated case in the HIV and hepatitis department. Uh, my liver doctor, uh, who's a fabulous doctor, told me said, you know, Eric, I like you because you're a very hard case and I like complicated case. And she got my hepatitis B down to nothing. Below 14, that's basically undetectable. It was into the billion before. They couldn't even count it. It was so high. I'm doing pretty well with hepatitis B and HIV. Um, Cannabis oil could be an option but at uh, I don't know if I would stop any of my retroviral medication yeah. the yeah. it's 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 a it's a big risk for me, you know it's uh, if I had a guarantee that it would work and 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 keep my viral load completely undetectable, anytime, you know i worked so hard for many years to get it to that point, to undetectable. And, you know, I'm one of the lucky ones that's still here after 28 years being uh, positive.
0: Eric, it was very good of you to talk to us. Thank you very much for your time. We very much appreciate it, and good luck in the future. It seems like you've got some of your health issues under control.
1: I do, and, you know, I'm... it's my pleasure to you know, to talk to you and, and Corey and and Corey. Thank you very much. You're 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 the one who showed me the light, basically. To really, you know, told me um, and pointed me in the right direction and to, to do my own you no know, legwork and and I did my research and with the help of Corey, we did it. And like one of my first oncologists. In 2001, I had non informer. She told me, she said, she hugged me and she said, We did it together. It's not only the oncologist, it's you and me together. And that's how I view Corey. It's Corey and me together did it. And I just want to thank you very much.
2: You're so welcome.
1: Thank you. Thank
2: you, thank you Eric.
0: Thanks, Eric.
1: Well, you're welcome, and have a great day. You too.
0: And that's it. Another edition of Cannabis Health Radio. Just a reminder: if you'd like to advertise with us, or you'd like to sponsor the program, contact us at info at cannabishealthradio dot com. Wherever you are in the world, thanks very much for listening.
1: You've been listening to the Cannabis Health Radio podcast.
0: Visit our website. CannabisHealthRadio.com and follow us on Facebook and Twitter.
1: Thanks for listening to today's show.